0: Today I'm turning the podcast over to you. Your voicemails, and there were a lot of them. Coming up on this Friday, locked on Celtics Millie's. Let's go.
1: Yeah. Rain Jay's back with the vengeance. All the real Celtics fans in attendance. This is the truth. Like thirty four. This like walking in the garden when you hear the roars
0: Welcome you back to another Lockdown Celtics podcast. Here for you Monday through Friday. If you're new, this is what you get a Monday through Friday podcast. So I host this daily show. I cover the Boston Celtics for the Boston Sports Journal, which you can subscribe to using the promo code So You'll get $5 off of an annual subscription, which works out to be less than $3 a month. I think it's a good deal. And I am the author of the Boston Celtics all-time All-Stars, a book now available at Online, booksellers, everywhere. So today, I was just kind of wondering what I was going to do with the podcast. And I said to myself, John, you've been talking all week. People are frustrated. Maybe we should hear from them. So I put it out on Twitter. I said, here's the voicemail number. Call it up. Leave a voicemail. Whatever. Ask a question. Swear. Yell. Whatever. Whatever you want to do. And I got almost 30 voicemails. Surprisingly few angry souls. Which I say is interesting. Because the people on Twitter seem very, very angry. And people on Twitter seem very anxious to tell me how angry they are. Yet when I give the opportunity... To vent that frustration on the podcast, not many people are willing to do that. Which makes me think that Twitter just might not be an accurate representation of exactly how pissed off people are. And look, I get it. People are pissed off in general. I understand. There's a lot of frustration out there. But there were a bunch of questions. There were some people who were like shaking their fists. There's definitely a few of those. And then there was a bunch of positivity. Which I rather enjoy. And maybe that's just because you listen to the show and maybe that's just the audience that I have. Great. So I'm going to answer a bunch of the questions first. Then I'm going to just play stretches of these voicemails so you can hear. The whole point here is to let the fans have the voice to show you what they're saying. To let you hear what they're saying. I've talked all week. My analysis has not changed. You know where I stand on this team. They have a four-game finish at home, all four games, at home before the break. They play Friday night. They play Sunday. I'll be back to give my takes Sunday night for the Monday morning podcast. So I didn't want to repeat myself. So let's just turn it over to you and say, what do you want to say? So again, let's start off with
2: questions. Hey, John, this is Ross. Um, Obviously, I want to keep this brief. Um, Pretty much watching this team lately has been utterly just awful. I mean, there's really no words to describe it. I mean, the defense and just the energy is just not there. Um, the effort's not there offensively and defensively. The ball movement is not there, and that's not what Celtics basketball is about. Um, and I was wondering how big of an effect the fans are on this team, especially at home games when you have the next four at home, how great it would be to have fans. Um, but then you look at other teams like the L.A. teams where they're playing pretty good basketball, obviously the Lakers without Anthony Davis, um, and they don't have any fans. So – I'm kind of wondering if that's a big factor, especially with how big and and, uh, great the TD Garden is. Um, But, yeah, I was wondering if the fans really have that much of an impact or if this is just an internal issue with the players and maybe even coaching. Uh, Maybe it's time for Brad to to figure something out or start getting guys out of there. Um, It's starting to get bad when I'm I'm happy that Tremont Waters is hitting shots out there. Um, I'd appreciate it. Thank you for uh, for your time, and I'll uh, see you next time.
1: Hey, John. Got two things I would like to ask your opinion on. One, do you think the lack of fans has anything to do with keeping the players motivated to play hard? I feel as with the lack of fans that the adrenaline may not be kicking in, and with the grueling schedule, everyone is just beat down and tired, leading to spurts of good play and stretches of really inconsistent play. Two, my ideal TPE targets include players that provide wing depth and a veteran presence, specifically another point guard who can command the offense off the bench. I feel as if we really rely too much on the Jays to create once the bench comes in, that the office can become stagnant and inefficient. I'd love to try to go after George Hill, P.J. Tucker, and Garrett Temple.
0: wanted to start off with the questions about the fans because on Thursday, the uh, Massachusetts governor, Charlie Baker, said that the TD Garden can open up to fans starting on March 22nd. Fans will return to the building March 22nd. 12% capacity which is basically 2,300 or so, depending on the whatever. So 2,300 or so fans. What does that mean? I don't know. I I think the fans make a difference. I think it's pretty clear that the fans make a difference. And even a couple thousand fans will give the guys something to play to. Like you make a basket, you look into the stands, and you see people going nuts. That, that does help. That does boost adrenaline. There's no doubt about that. And so I think that that could, could have an impact. So I know that they are going to be protocols. There are going to be um, uh, what they call the play it safe. So you got to wear a mask. Um, you have a mobile ticket. They have different ways to get in. No bags. Uh, there's... Physically distance exits. There's um, ordering. I think you can can order from uh, your seat, so you can you can while you're sitting there order your beers and your whatever, and then it'll tell you where to go to pick up your food. So that's a new that's a new wrinkle. It'll be fun. Uh, the second part of that question is TPE related and uh pj tucker garrett temple um george hill i I think i I don't think any of those guys i mean they 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 could certainly help right but i don't think this is going to change anything if they're available for very little like garrett temple fits into the um the Ennis canter traded player exception so maybe it's not you know, I don't think that's you. You blow the Gordon Hayward traded player exception on these guys, but hey, if you want to, you know, I think Garrett Temple could could do something. PJ Tucker could certainly help. I think George Hill could certainly help, uh, depending on how other things work out. If you want to swap George uh, Jeff Teague out for George Hill, by all means, but it depends on on the price. But those are tinkering around the edges players. Uh, let's go to another question.
2: Hey, John. It's Rob. I was uh, calling in, there's some games where there's just going to be a schedule loss, you know, second night of a back to back, Kemba's out, um, facing a really good team that might have, uh, not played the previous night. Do you think those are opportunities where maybe, you know, Brad can sit, Jalen and Jason and just kind of take it as a schedule loss and give the young guys maybe a little bit more consistency? Cause until we bring in outside help, we just kind of have to, I think, develop within. Uh, thanks for the, thanks for the voicemail and enjoy the pod.
0: See, this is an interesting concept here where, okay, Kemba's out on their back-to-back, sit Jalen, sit Jason, just let the other guys play, and and maybe, you know, just somebody can step up. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I get the concept, and I do think that they should sit Jalen sometimes. I do think they should sit Jason sometimes. Like, I don't think that they should be pushing these guys too hard. Like, the losses are... You know, they don't even. I don't know. I don't, I want to say they don't matter, but look, let's look at this. The Celtics right now, after Thursday night's games, the the New York Knicks are sixteen and seventeen, and they're the sixth seed now. So the Celtics are a half game behind them. The Celtics play the Pacers, um, on Friday night. The Pacers are the fourth seed at fifteen and fifteen. The Celtics are fifteen and seventeen. So. The Celtics could move into a virtual tie with the Indiana Pacers in that fourth seed, depending on how everything else shakes out, with a win Friday night. You go from a half game behind the eighth seed Hornets to the fourth seed in a blink. A little run, a little struggle from Milwaukee again. All I'm saying is it's not out of reach. So in all of this, the Celtics... I think the Celtics in this month have only lost like three games in the standings. Like that's, in fact, as I'm talking, I'm going to uh, look up the NBA standings by date, which you can do on Basketball Reference. And I wasn't even thinking to do this before, but I'm already on the site here. So, uh, as of February 1st, the Celtics were 10 and eight, and three and a half games out of out of first place. Okay. They are currently 15 and 17, not good, six and a half games out of first place. So, with all of the madness, with all of the craziness of this month, they've only lost three games in the standings.
3: So, they've got time. All right, let's move on. Hey, Jonathan Riley, huge fan of the podcast, calling from the Pacific Northwest. Um, wondering what you think about from a lineups perspective is
4: there anything we can do
3: you know maybe maybe start Time Lord maybe start Neesmith get some get some of that bench energy in there earlier um I don't know there's the two big lineups has had its up and downs but while we're not healthy I don't I don't really see what the benefit to that is I think maybe we could get Kemba in there with the bench Kemba and Tice work really well you know, Kemba Ty Thompson off the bench a lot of the time. You Instead of having Tatum with the bench, you could have Kemba with the bench. Oh no, not know, just pitching it to you. What do you think? You think maybe there's something we can do from a lineup perspective and get that rolling a little bit?
0: So I've been an advocate for letting the too big lineup figure itself out. Not for the too big lineup being how it goes. And I just don't like the fact that the too big lineup is how it's gone. But. Brad Stevens has wanted to try to maximize his centers and Tristan Thompson and Daniel Tice and uh, Robert Williams have each staked their claim. And he's also said multiple times that Robert Williams is, um, he wants to take it easy on Robert Williams. He wants him to play bigger minutes later, which means I think he's concerned about that hip. So I'm just putting two and two together. So lineups, I want them to go to one big. Um, and maybe that means somebody sits. Maybe it means Tristan Thompson sits. I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be happy about that. But somehow, they need to figure that out. Lineup-wise, when Marcus Smart comes back, unless they bring somebody else in, I don't think they're going to do anything crazy. It's going to be Smart, Kemba, Jalen, Jason, and a big. Whichever one. Probably should be Robert Williams at this point. But I do see if one of those guys sits... I do like bringing in a guy like a Smith to start, like Grant Williams to start because they get the benefit of playing with the starters and I think that raises their game. They know that they just have to be a you know a role player doing certain things to enhance everybody's game. and that takes a lot of pressure off. They just, all they've got to do is move the ball, take open shots, set picks, and so on and so forth. So I like, I like getting creative with those lineups. I'm gonna come back, answer more questions before we get to people's frustrations. First bet online is the fastest, easiest way to bet on all of your sports action, no matter what you're trying to bet on. It can be college basketball, it could be NBA. In-game stuff, NHL, baseball, all of that stuff. You want to bet on something different, TV shows like reality TV and awards, go for it. It's all there on Bet Online. They've got real-time updated odds, props on just about anything you can imagine. And they've got you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best place to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. Sign up today. You're going to get a 50% welcome bonus. That is free money, people. Whatever your deposit is, $500, you get a $250 Welcome bonus. $100, $50 welcome bonus. Whatever it is, 50% of that is a welcome bonus. Free money from BetOnline, Online, your online sports book experts. Please gamble responsibly.
3: Be sure to follow our social channels LO Celtics on Twitter and Locked On Celtics on Instagram.
0: Is the relationship broken between Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks? That's what's being covered on the Locked On Today podcast right now. Subscribe to Locked On Today for all of your sports news in less time. 20 minutes or less on Locked On Today. So subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get back to the questions and uh, let's let's go
5: back to the TPE. Hey, I was just wondering... Um if the Celtics use the TPE uh, to go after Nikola Vucevic, um, where does that leave uh, Tice, Time Lord, and uh, Tristan Thompson in terms of rotations? Uh, I'm assuming Vuce would start, but, you know, where does that leave everyone else? So Vuce makes more
0: than the Celtics can take back in the TPE, so he makes 26 he has three years left, 26, 24, 22. I'm not a proponent of, of going for Vooch, but let's say they do. Uh, I would assume that that means Time Lord, Tristan Thompson, one of those guys, or Daniel Tice moves out. Like they've, They can't have both of those guys uh, in Boston. So you have to move salary out anyway. So if they can move Tristan Thompson, bring in Vooch, uh, basically, that means that you take the $9 million that you paid Tristan Thompson, that goes out $17 million, that uh, you, you basically reduce Vooch to like $17 million for that first year. Uh, tolerable, but yeah, one of those guys has to go. Salary has to go. So you, can't, you cannot, absolutely cannot add Vooch to Thompson and Time Lord. One of those guys definitely has to go. Maybe two of the centers have to go in that kind of deal.
6: All right, let's move on. Hey, John, this is a long time Celtics fan from Georgia, and I can tell you how torturous it is to see the Atlanta Hawks win two out of three against my Boston Celtics within the past two weeks. To watch Danilo Gallinari score a career high and have him go to work and listen to these Hawks fans who have nothing but who've been in a pit of irrelevancy for for years. So my question is, Danny says that and Wick says that we may not use the TP, all this, you know, before the deadline, but when's the last straw, like, are we showcasing Neesmith The other night he played, what, 20 minutes, didn't take a shot. Is Preacher going to progress anymore? Is Marcus Smart going to be, you know, our starting two? I know that's a lot of questions, but we... Celtics fans have never really I mean it's been a while since we've experienced this bad. I mean I can remember back to uh like oh somebody said the Brandon Bass days. Which Brandon Bass was a dog, but it seems like this team has no heart, no will, and it seems like Jalen Brown, in my personal opinion, has slowly become the go to scorer on this team. I don't know. Tatum, too many ISOs, too many sidestep three pointers. I mean We've got to figure this out. What is our next step? Is it Brad's fault? Is it Danny's fault? Is it the player's fault? So just curious to what you have to say about that. And uh, go see.
0: What is the next step? Um <laughs> Lots of faults to go around. Really, honestly, is it Brad's fault? I mean, there's some things that Brad can do differently. Um, sure. I mean, you want to go to more like in-game stuff? I I understand a lot of what Brad is trying to do, and this is this is part probably why I'm I'm um, not blaming Brad Stevens as much as maybe some other people, because I understand like some of the lineups. Like I get why he's what he's doing. I get him playing the two centers because he's trying to get all three centers some time. Because you need Daniel Tice to be a a pop guy. You need. Robert Williams to be a role guy. And if he's not ready to play a ton of minutes, then you know, you still need other minutes. And, and Tristan Thompson just got his $9 million to, to come to Boston. You're going to bench him and you might sit there and say, yeah, it's easy to bench him. Just bench him. But that's a guy that's got to go back in the locker room. That's a guy who thinks that he's a leader on this team. Danny Ainge brought him in. It was like, yeah, here's a guy that that's been through some of like, he, he's been through a huge comeback in the NBA finals. And I think that was a direct reaction to the meltdown against Miami, and now he's going to get benched. Like, it's not as easy as some of the lineup decisions seem to be. You can say, "Yeah, just do it," but the ripple effects could be problematic. And so I get a lot of what Brad's trying to do. Sure, he could do some stuff. Some stuff better, Danny. Huh, you like the. The um, Jeff Teague signing was a disaster. That, that's just a bad signing, and the Tristan Thompson signing was kind of curious. Now, in hindsight, it doesn't look as good because why would you hard cap yourself for this? But he was in a he was in a pinch, and I think I think maybe in the heat of everything, he he just made a couple of bad decisions, and it's it's pretty clear now. But. It is what it is, and he's got to he to try to back his way out of that. But I I I do think a lot of this, most of it, falls on the players, because the players are the ones that are out there. They've got the basketballs in their hands, so I think, it, you know, the, if the players are going to get the credit for the success, that you know they, they've they're not immune. They're professionals, and it's not up to Brad to motivate them for every damn play. Uh, regular season game. It's up to them. It really, I do believe that it's up to them. They get paid that money. <laughs> they want that moment. That's it, A lot of it's up to them. Play hard, like I said yesterday, and then the coaching comes into play. If those guys are doing everything they're supposed to do, then the coaching comes into play. If if he makes mistakes with his substitutions, if he makes mistakes with the timeouts and all of that, and and the guys are playing hard, and then the coach screws up, then we can we can do that. But I'm I'm starting with the players on this one.
2: All right, moving on. Hey John, this is Kyle from Chicago. I love the show. Uh, is Kemba Walker's contract untradeable? The way I see it, he's got three years left. He's going to definitely pick up that player option. Uh, he is a score first point guard who cannot get to the rim like he used to. He's not driving and kicking. He is only averaging four assists per game when he's playing next to the Jays. I don't know how that is even possible. So he's not a good facilitator. He has obvious limitations on defense and I think we'd be much better off with a guy who can defend and facilitate better at the point guard. So is there any way we can get out of that contract by trading them to a team like OKC or Detroit or some kind of three-way deal with moving pieces like Horford and Griffin? Is there some kind of way to get out of Kemba's contract? Thanks, love the show.
0: Kemba Walker's contract is probably untradeable at the moment. And, I mean, nobody's untradeable, but for basically two more years after this one, unless somebody thinks that he's the missing piece and they believe in his future, then I don't think anybody wants to trade for him. And, and frankly, by the time he plays himself back to the level where somebody wants to trade for him, the Celtics won't want to trade him. Like you won't want him traded. And I don't think he should be traded right now. Next year becomes a little bit more tradable. The year after he's an expiring contract, there's, there's a possibility. I think this summer, If it doesn't work out that maybe Kemba could be part of something this summer, that's possible. Um, If, if not the following summer or the following trade deadline, but I wouldn't be surprised if Kemba doesn't make it through his whole contract. Like that's, that's part of the deal. But if he gets back to playing the way he's going to play, then that's not a a contract you don't want to trade him. So, but we'll see. I mean, I, I, I certainly think that there's a possibility that Kemba could go, it's just not gonna happen this season. All right. Let's uh let's move on. Let's next
6: question.
1: John, what's up? My name is Jake Thompson. I'm calling from Pennsylvania. Uh, huge Celtics fans in third grade. We're working on close to twenty years now. Um, my one question that I feel like doesn't get asked enough is why are we in such a rush? Why are the fans in such a rush? It just like our timeline doesn't fit a championship or even you know finals or Eastern Conference finals expectations. I just don't really understand why everybody thinks like now.
0: Why are fans in a rush? Well, part of it is that Celtics fans are spoiled. They've been used to championships. You see 17 banners. The Lakers have 17. You know, you don't want to see the Lakers. The Lakers could pass the Celtics this season. Celtics have had the lead throughout the entirety of the NBA history. Now, all of a sudden, it's just like the Celtics, to blow the lead late, right? But, yeah, people are impatient. I get it. It's... Especially now, especially at this part of Boston sports history. Especially because a lot of 20-somethings only know Boston sports dominance. And I think that's fueled a lot of this. A lot of young people, 20s, 30s, all you know is Tom Brady winning Super Bowls, the Red Sox winning World Series, Celtics getting a championship, the Bruins getting a couple... like. You just think Boston is title town, and and look, this is my old man. When, when I was growing up, yeah, the Celtics won championships, but that was it. The Patriots, <laughs> <laughs> Patriots sucked. You know, Bruins were good, but they never they never broke through. The Bruins were frustratingly good. Man, I love those Bruins teams too. Man, Cam Neely, Adam Oates. Ray Bork, I love those teams. Reggie Lemlin as the goalie. Oh, God. I love those Bruins teams. They could never break through. That's why when Ray Bork went to the Avalanche and won a a Stanley Cup, they brought him back to City Hall Plaza for a a celebration because Boston fans were just so happy that the guy that had spent all of his time in Boston uh, toiling – Finally got one. You don't know what that's like. My God. If, if, I don't know, if, if Mookie Betts came back with the World Series trophy, people are like, get the hell out of here, Mook. Like, what are you doing? We don't need to see you in a Dodgers thing. Like, we, we get it. You won one here, man. We don't need to see you do this. What are you doing? You guys don't understand. So people are Spoiled. These people in Boston, these championships. Where, where's the next championship? Where's it coming? Where, don't understand that it's hard to win championships. I'm not excusing the Celtics away, but like, like many teams, many teams' fan bases would kill to have what the Celtics have. You know, the Sacramento Kings would trade places with the Boston Celtics of the past four years in a heartbeat. But Celtics fans are are impatient. And in a lot of ways, that's good. You know, sure, the pressure is is fine. But, you know, sometimes it's just like, all right, relax. Relax. They're trying. They're working on it. (laughs) Uh, A couple more here. Let's start.
7: Hey, John. uh, My name's Caleb. I'm currently out uh, near Columbus, Ohio. Had a quick question. So, first, I want to thank you for all the good work you do uh, during these – Still, these tough times for the team here. Uh, I was wondering if you think there's anybody currently on the free agent or buyout
1: market that would be worthwhile bringing to the team just for an
7: energy. I really don't think the team lacks the talent to compete, at least you know, being the playoff picture in the Eastern Conference. So, wondering if you think that there's anybody there um, that might be worthwhile looking at. Thanks.
0: There's no buyout market yet. We haven't seen what what's coming. I mean, there are, there are some guys that the Celtics probably would never, ever trade for. But on a buyout market, they might might try. Um, but that's not coming for another month plus. I mean, the, the trade deadline's a month away. Um, free agents, like, I, I don't see anybody currently out there that's, and people might say Isaiah Thomas. But surprisingly, no Isaiah Thomas voicemails. But let's wait. I think the buyout market will shape up in like a month from now.
3: John, how's it going? Calling from New Mexico. Um, honestly, just wanted to know what uh what's our outlook on the season, man. I mean, I know right now it's a little it's a little bleak, and I mean we have two all stars. Kemba's kind of coming back in the form. I just I really don't know what moves we can make that's going to put us over the top. You know, over these other teams. You know, especially Brooklyn. You know, the Bucks, the Lakers, the Jazz. I mean. I know. I think, I just think we need some wing help, man. I mean, our bigs really aren't the problem. I just think it's a wing, but what wing can really come in with what we can give up and make that difference? So, I don't know. Should we just look to next year or should we have a little bit of hope on this year? Thanks. Love the show, man.
0: Well, thanks. I appreciate that. Uh, should we just wait or have a little bit of hope? Uh, I, I think, look. I'm not I'm not giving up on this year, but let's face it, this is not this was never supposed to be the year that they made that finals push unless things broke right. And once Hayward left, it was like, okay. And once it became a TPE versus another player or whatever, it's like, all right, well, that's gonna take some time. And so once especially once Brooklyn made their trade, uh, that that definitely put a, a roadblock in front of the Celtics. Can it happen this year? Look, yes. It, of course it could. Of course it could. Like I said before, the Celtics are still only six and a half games out with 40 games or so to play. They're only six games out, and they're only four games out of the third seed. So there's... And, and one game out of the fourth seed. So they could still go into the, the All-Star break with holding the the home court advantage spot in the playoffs, so I know you 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 might not think so because they've lost three in a row and they're lost uh, what eight of their last eleven or so, but it's still it's still out there. It's still these guys could have a come to Jesus moment. They, these guys could figure it out a little bit and at least put forth the effort, come back you know after being embarrassed and play well against the Pacers. And come home and have four games at home and get up for these games and maybe maybe they put something together. And then the, the attitude changes. And you never know what happens. It's a weird year. There are... I, I would only caution, I'll say it this way, I, I'll caution people from saying, let's just pack it in, forget it, tank, forget it, we're done. Because you just don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if... Um, You don't know if if Kevin Durant's going to turn an ankle or whatever. Like, I, I'm not saying you you root for that. You don't, but injuries happen. Crazy things happen, and you know, just like Gordon Hayward snapped his ankle on the first play of a, a game, a first game of a season that completely derailed the Celtics' timeline. You just don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And so you don't just throw it all away, 31, 32 games into the season where there are 44 games left. You just don't. You play it out because you just never know what that next break is going to be. Tomorrow is going to be something different. And maybe Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown – Read something in a book that makes them go you know what yes and they come out with a different attitude maybe you know like it sounds silly but like you just never know what's going to happen tomorrow so don't throw this all away just yet when it's obvious that it's not hopeless as much as it might feel hopeless so that's That's what I've got to say about that. All right. I'm going to come back. Final segment. I'm just going to string the frustration and the positivity all together so the people can have their say. That's next on the Lockdown Celtics podcast.
3: Make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Celtics wherever you get podcasts or follow us on Spotify.
0: Hey, Friday on the Locked On NBA podcast, join Anthony Irwin of Locked On Lakers. By the way, the Lakers have a longer losing streak than the Celtics. Adam Matas of Locked On Nuggets. By the way, the Nuggets blew that game with the worst fast break. Oh my God. Go look at that. Look at my Twitter feed. Anyway, Anthony and Adam wrap up the biggest stories around the league. You're guaranteed to talk about that fast break fail. Anthony and Adam bring you game recaps, weekend previews, and an NBA power ranking every week, every Friday that you can't miss. Subscribe to Locked On NBA. By the way, I host Locked On NBA on Wednesdays, so you're definitely going to want to subscribe for that. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, let's get down to the people expressing their frustrations. I'm gonna let a couple of uncensored ones. It's a fair warning. This first one is uncensored. Um, I think there might be another one in there. But I'm just gonna go back to back. I'm not gonna react. These are just back to back. People expressing their frustrations. Let's start with the people who are angry. Man, this is
1: freaking frustrating. It's fucking frustrating. I'll be honest. This the hate for Brad.
7: He's not a bad coach. I don't know why these fucking people keep Saying it's Brad's fault when I'm looking at guys, Kemba's,
6: is
1: he acting like he's hurt? Is he actually hurt?
7: What
3: the fuck is all this?
1: I think my biggest frustration with this team is that we play with no pace anymore, no attack. We walk the ball up the court. We are 25th ranked. In time of possession, after a made basket, it drops to 28th after a defensive rebound. We don't advance the ball up at the pass anymore now that Marcus is gone. We play on our heels. Defenses dictate to us. We don't dictate to them anymore. And that is frustrating And I bet Tommy is rolling in his grave right now just thinking about
7: it. The amount of pain the Celtics have caused me, I can't even describe it. But part of me still believes that they can make a run. And I don't know if that's me being biased, but the one thing I do miss the most is them playing hard. I've shown phases of it, but it just hasn't been there. I don't think it's as bad as the 2018-2019 season because they just never played hard and they looked out of sync. But I just miss the times when they played hard every single game.
6: So, hopefully we get back to that soon.
3: Hey, what's up, John? It's, it's a joke here. You already know who it is. Uh, love the podcast, man. But, honestly, man, with these Celtics, you know, I just feel like with Marcus Smart, Romeo Langford, I feel like those are the key pieces that we're missing. You know what I mean? Give me Kemba Walker and then backing him up is Cass Peavy. And you got Jalen Brown backing him up. You got Marcus Smart. And you got Jason Tatum. Backing him up, you got Romeo Langford, right? And then Daniel Tice, Robert Williams, Tristan Thompson, all running the four the, the forward positions and the center spot. I feel like that's a good team, you know what I mean? I feel like people just, they don't see the context of the situation of injuries, I know I get it, injuries, COVID, everyone going through it, but you see, like, teams like um, many great teams that are having similar records, you know what I mean? Like, we're just two wins away from being probably top three, top four, you know what I mean? Like other fans don't don't recognize that they just want wins 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 and It's The NBA It's tough. All right, thank you for the time. Have a good
5: day. Hello, this is Devin from Dorchester. I, I'm just I'll call out the Celtics because I'm pissed. They stink. I'm not confident at the games at all. They don't have a bench anymore. Kemba's not healthy. Smart's not healthy. You know I miss Al Horford the most out of all of them. The people that are calling for Danny Ainge and Brad Stevens to get fired they're so dumb. I mean, if either one of them got fired. They'd be a top pick for any, any team looking for a, a, you know, a GM or a coach. Uh, yeah, Wick, Wick was right in that. I with the man. But, you know, I miss out the most. So, thank you.
8: Hey, John, big, big uh, fan of the show. So, I recently was talking to my buddy about just the misfortune um, and terrible injury life that the Celtics have had over the past few years. And I look back to the 2017 season, before the 2017 season, um, and just – how we mismanaged so much talent. So I just want to run through it. Tatum, Brown, Hayward, Horford, Terry Rozier, Marcus Smart, Daniel Tice um, were the key guys. And then we also had Crowder and Isaiah Thomas, which we obviously shipped with a pick to pick up Kyrie. Um, and then we also had these picks that absolutely just turned into nothing. The Kings first-round pick, which we took to Langford. Um, this was the Zion draft, and Kings haven't drafted that late in forever. And the Memphis pick, which we took, uh, I believe it was Naismith with, um, they haven't drafted that late in forever. Memphis the other years have drafted the likes of Jaron Jackson Jr. and John Morant. And then this last pick, which went to Kyrie in that trade, um, turned into Colin Sexton. Um, so it's just terrible to see all the talent that has gone through the Celtics, um, not even one finals appearance. Um, and I was going through the worst-case scenario, having all that talent. What would the bare minimum be for a Celtics team today, looking back? And I came up with Tatum Brown, Hayward, Ice, Rosier, Smart, and all these picks it would be the worst case scenario. Never make the Kyrie trade. Obviously it's the right thing to do. Maybe that falls through. Um and just to see that, it's pretty terrible. Just wanted uh, to get that out there. Um I know I might not make it on the show, but a lot of frustration from the Celtics fans. Uh, thank you.
4: Hey, John, Travis from Indiana. Uh, here's my biggest frustration. Uh, personally, uh, I since I live in Indiana, I don't get to watch any of the Celtics broadcasts unless it's on NBA team pass. So while we are faltering and falling apart late in games, I have to listen to the annoying opposing team announcers. So that sucks. But also, uh, frustrated with just the continuity of what we have, uh, rotations. I, I, I don't understand. I'm not, uh, I, I'm, I'm at a loss for words because Simi Ojale's lighting it up. Then he's not. Javante Green's in the lineup. Then he's not. Carson Edwards plays well. Then he's not. Uh, that's that's my frustration. I think that the players are kind of doing some things, too, and I know that uh, five people on the court at the same time having cohesion is, is important, especially on the defensive end. So I don't know if that's where it is, but, uh, man, just little things. Little little things are just ticking me off, like not blocking out or sprinting back on defense. So, uh, hey, but on, on a good note, uh, the young guys at the end of the game look good, so hopefully New Smith gets going. Thanks, man. And now –
0: we're going to end it on a positive note. And I am very thankful that a few of you decided that this was a time to be positive. Like, first of all, not the end of the world. It's not, it's not a, an affront to you personally. These guys are trying. I think they want to win. And I think that there is time for them to figure out how to win. I'm a, very appreciative of everybody here that feels the same. So let's end it with some positivity.
7: Hey, John. A uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Um, I just wanted to give a little something to all the South extends out there. I see a lot of negativity out there, a lot of doom, a lot of gloom, and I don't really understand what it's all about. Hi, John. big fan. So my biggest frustration
9: right now is Celtics fans. And the overreacting and the lack of logic that we've been using, I feel like we're almost Celtics fans of Philadelphia fans. It's, it's it's mind-boggling and part of me almost believes that all the people saying fire bread on Twitter aren't even Celtics fans. They just want people, they just want to see the Celtics collapse almost like Joker. He just wants to watch the world burn. Because before the season started, we all knew that this team was not deep. We need our four key players to do everything. Not everything, but to be able to do everything that we wanna do. They haven't had that for what, one game? This team with a lack of depth, they need everybody. If you take off one piece, the lack of depth and lack of experience is exposed that much more. So let's be patient, let's see what they got. Yes, it's very tough right now, but let's see what happens when they're fully healthy. Brad is not the problem. Danny Ainge, yes, his roster is not great, but he's also, if we look long picture, he has so many, so much young talent. Let's see what they can do. And if he finds two or three players that could be great role players on cheap contracts, gets rid of the other ones, and the next year fills in the rest of the roster, this team can be great again. It's really not that dark of a hole. The only problem is we're so impatient, which hurts to say because we've overachieved the last three. How many teams can go to three conference finals in four years while being led by two guys who aren't even in their plans yet? Basically, we're being so impatient, and the reason why we stink so much right now or it's so hard is because we overachieved in the past. Let's be patient. Let's see what happens. I will almost give him a pass this year, and let's fill out the holes and be back next year. Honestly, that's how I feel. And even next year or at the end of this year, we get Tampa back and he gets healthy. We get Smart back. This team can be just as good as it was in the bubble last year. Let's be patient. Let's see what happens.
7: Hey, John. Uh Now, I know you're probably getting a lot of negative voicemails, a lot of people yelling, screaming, fire Brad, fire Danny, Steam sucks, and I get that. I'm seeing a lot of that, but this team is be- now being led by a 22-year-old and 24-year-old. 22-year-olds and 24-year-olds don't win championships. We We've never really seen that happen, and... I'm not surprised that it's not happening this year. Let's give these guys some time. Let's breathe. Let's let them grow. Let them learn. I mean, we've had, what, a month of bad basketball, and now everybody wants to hit the reset button. I don't think so. This is a weird year, a weird season. There's just so many different factors, as you often point to, uh, rightfully, this season, and I just, uh, I just can't get worked up over anything that happens this season. Let's take a nice little break from the all-star break. Let's get some guys back. Okay, maybe we can, uh, do something about Jeff Teague. The guy's killing me. But, uh, other than that, I think we're in good shape, and I think we'll be okay.
5: We'll be okay. All right, thanks, John. Take it easy. Hey, John. This is Sweet Al. I am, uh, Long-time listener, love your work, and uh, I just wanted to express my frustration, not with the team, but with Celtics Nation that is seemingly losing its mind over what is a very odd season and a lot of teams who are underperforming. I can't help but think that the fan bases in Miami, Denver, and Toronto, these are cities with decent sports fan bases. I I don't think they're losing their minds over the underperformance of their teams thus far. I can't help but think that Danny Ainge cries for Danny Ainge to make a a deadline move with the TPE is a little bit of a short-term problem or short-term thinking, which is what gets organizations in trouble. And, uh, one of the problems with this year without practice is that Celtics aren't able to properly evaluate their own organization, their roster, these young players. So people want to just get rid of, uh, Romeo Langford or, uh, Aaron Niesmith without really being able to see them develop. And, uh, as we've seen with the Patriots, one of the things that Bill Belichick separates himself from the rest of the the league is that he is very good at evaluating his own talent and uh, willing to to abide by uh, sunk cost theories and cut bait when somebody's not good or give somebody a little extra time to develop and I don't think this season allows that to occur so anyway those are my thoughts keep up the good work love the show stay positive
1: What's going on? Uh, this is Dylan Corey. I'm just calling. I just saw your tweet. I haven't really thought through what I want to say, but uh, it's something that, that I've been thinking about a little bit recently. Is all the hate on Kemba Walker for smiling uh, in games when he's playing bad and in games that the Celtics are are getting demolished and and everyone's hating on it. Everyone's making memes about it. People are getting pissed off that he's smiling and you know that he hugs Luca uh, after he drains those those two daggers. And you know what? I I do not care. I love that he smiles. I I think he's probably the only player in the league that would be smiling in those moments. And the fact that we are pissed off at the team and are turning it around um, on Kemba and, and making him feel guilty for having a positive attitude. when obviously he's not truly satisfied with his performance. He's not happy with how he or the team is playing but he's keeping a positive attitude and that's what he's done since he's been here and that's the type of guy he is and I'm I'm happy to have him on the team. Even if he's not playing well, I'm happy that he has a positive attitude. So so that's what I want to say.
5: Hey, this is Joe from Arkansas. Coming into this season I was like, Well, we're not gonna win it anyway, so might as well just take this year to develop the young guys and you know, wait till next year. And that's kind of held my perspective a lot this year. I want to go through all these struggles.
2: Hey, John. My name's Garrett. I'd just like to say that I don't think the frustrations should actually be about the team. I think it should be more about some of these fans that think that we should make a knee jerk trade and you know go for it all in on this season when this is clearly the season from hell. I mean, why not just wait till the off season and reset then, and you know use the trade exception then and. Really, just reset the roster at that point. There, there's no reason to go for it in this season when we've had injury problems and COVID problems, and you know we may, we may never get get healthy. And why 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 deal with it now? Let's let's wait till next year when we can clearly reset the roster, make some moves, and get this team where it actually needs to be. Thanks for taking my call. Hey John, it's
7: Phil O'Connor calling here from Sweden. Um, just thinking about what's been happening lately, and just uh, over the last little while, I've been reading. Uh, the really bad run of Celtics results. I've actually been reading the greatest winner of all time, Bill Russell's autobiography, goal for glory and it reminded me a lot not about the individuals about how the team is playing or how it's being coached but just the roots of this club this is the most successful ball club in nba history and it just reminded me of something in the celtics roots right in this boston irish thing we have an expression in the irish language where i come from and it's there is no strength without unity and if you ask me that's the best place to start to get this team coming back i hope you're well my friend i hope to see you in the garden sometime soon take care
0: and that's that that's the podcast. Thank you, everyone, for your voicemails. Um, I can just leave that voicemail line open for people if you want to call in. It's 617-221-6010. 617-221-6010. I did this for a while before, and it just kind of tapered off. And, well, you know, we can try bringing it back. But thanks to everybody who called in. I think I got everybody's voicemail in. I might have missed one or two. I apologize if I missed it. But thank you for for submitting those. I hope everybody enjoyed this. A little bit of a departure. Again, the Celtics play on Friday night. They play the Pacers. And then they play again on Sunday. So two straight home games. Pacers and Wizards. I will be back after that. Hopefully fingers crossed talking about two wins and maybe we can get a little bit more positive vibes over here so subscribe to the podcast if you haven't if you have a five star rating and a good written review would be awesome and share the podcast tell your friends that they should be listening to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network
3: Thank you for making Locked On Celtics the number one Boston Celtics podcast on the planet.